Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. With me in studio, Nicholas Fang of Black Dot, the Managing Director and Director of Security for Global Affairs for the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Welcome Sorry back. Sorry for that mouthful every time. <laughs> no, it's good. You're a man that's doing a lot of different things. And, and that's good for our international news review. And this week, the articles of impeachment are to be drafted in the U.S. against President Trump by the Democrats. The White House says it will not participate in the hearings that will take place in the House for this or in the Senate. So where, where does this leave us with what's going on with Trump and this whole long impeachment process? Well, we were, we were just talking just before we came back on about whether the White House actually can say no. Uh, but it does seem in line with President Trump's style of communications, which is always to make a, a showy statement, to make a strong declaration that makes headlines that, mm. you know, is, is, is uh, very, very catchy, and then see how to walk back and deal with the reality of the situation. But it does seem that he's putting all his eggs in the uh, Senate basket and assuming that the Republican-controlled uh, Senate is not obviously going to, to move on impeaching him. Mm. Him. Thinking about his communications narrative strategy ahead of the 2020 elections, obviously if the impeachment fails at the, at the Senate, he's going to turn that into a huge triumph and victory for himself and, and yet more fodder to attack the Democrats for what he's calling the total hoax, right? The, the, the total sort of uh, yeah. um, false accusations and, and uh, baseless attempts at impeachment. So if it is a game of building narrative and trying to impact the 2020 uh, race to, to the presidency in the US, it's going to be interesting to see how the next few weeks play out. Um, the Democrats seem to have rushed the process a little bit to get to this stage where they can, they can declare um, that an impeachment is legitimate. And the White House and Trump and the Republicans seem to be waiting to see how it plays out, especially in the Senate. Well, the the old axiom, all politics is local. Mm. And obviously, Trump is playing to his base saying, you know, this is, you know, these charges are not appropriate and I'm not going to play ball with this and all this. But there is a bigger international component to this, which I'd love to get your take on. And I was reading um Actually, in, uh, in in one newspaper yesterday or last night, um, about the bigger global view of what's going on in the U.S. Should the White House again forestall and say they're not going to participate in this? What does this do to the external view of the U.S. Uh, governance system and you know rule of law and everything else? Um, already, it has taken a hit, uh, arguably, um, because of uh, President Trump's style of of handling uh, foreign and domestic issues. So if they put up a roadblock against this now, what does this say to the international community? Does it, does it damage the U.S. reputation overseas? Well, I think so. I think that uh, a lot of things that have happened under the current administration uh, seem to run counter at least to how other presidents have conducted themselves in line with the values that have made the U.S. what the U.S. is today. Um, and I think that, it, that there is definitely a, a challenge when some of, the, for example, the issue that President Trump is being accused of currently that has led to the impeachment, uh, putting personal gain above, you know, and, and as a as a shaping factor for diplomacy and, and foreign aid and, and stuff in the Ukraine. Um, I think it then, you know, makes it very difficult for the U.S. to call out other states and other other actors who they deem are, are not being uh, open, clear, transparent in, in their dealings as well. But at the same time, 
now now we keep talking about this notion of uh, domestic versus international. This kind of hype and this kind of buzz around the, the domestic issue, especially if the White House is able to to shape the narrative to its advantage, takes the uh, the focus off something right that just broke today, which is mm-hmm. the, the huge deterioration in negotiations with North Korea, mm-hmm. the North Korean envoy to the UN saying that denuclearization is off the table. And today declaring that they've done some very sophisticated satellite testing. So that kind of, you know, aggressive, antagonistic rhetoric seems to be ramping up again. The, the Trump-Kim bromance definitely seems to be <laughs> on a pause if, if it's not dead. Um, I, I and, think uh, Kim's saying was that the dotage of the dotard is yeah, continuing. Or well, and, and it comes back on with, with the rocket man rhetoric, you know, out of the White House. So, then, you know, language. When, when that's not going so good, maybe yeah. something domestically, you know, oh, there's this hoax, uh, there's this witch hunt against, you know, the the, 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 the president becomes something that they can shift around. And that's something that, that President Trump has been very good in terms of mm. directing the focus of the narrative. Um, as we said through his statements and declarations and things like that. So I'm not sure that plays into who knows whether that's actually part of the whole well, We still have the China-US uh, trade challenge that's happening as well. So, Indeed. Yeah. So if we're talking about wins for, for President Trump, a little bit thin on the ground right now. And he'll obviously want to have something to point to in the election race in 2020. So uh, we'll see which ones uh, you know finally come to fruition for him. Man, this is really... Uh this is a crazy time to be a diplomat or to be in those diplomatic circles trying to negotiate and, and maneuver and figure out which, you know, the, talk about 4D chess, right? Where is all this going and how do you get around it or key, get in front of it? Key question now is, you know, if, if things continue in the vein that we were talking about that affect the, the brand America around the world, um, you know, does that represent a permanent sort of change? Can it, will it change again when, if, the, if and when the administration does change? That's going to be very interesting. And I think that parties throughout the region, Singapore in particular, adopting a very sort of uh, wait and see look to evaluate how the U.S. is going to, uh, you know, at least evolve in its handlings of diplomatic and, and foreign affairs. This comes too as the uh, the Pentagon chief has now said that he is going to reaffirm his desire to focus on China and Russia versus the Middle East. Uh, which is what his predecessor James Mattis had put in place. So that's happening. Uh, at the same time, yesterday the uh, the pact was signed between Singapore and the U.S. to have the new uh, jet fighter training base uh, in Guam. So there's a lot of uh, geopolitics happening with within this region as well. Just to close the loop, I mean, Guam was in the news a few months ago when I think a North Korea strike was was being threatened hmm. on on the U.S. bases in Guam. This was obviously before the the Trump came bromance blossomed mm, mm. and so that having a Singaporean base there will be interesting but I think as the government sort of highlighted the, it has a, a very close proximity to Singapore and that allows any assets that we base there for training to be deployed back to Singapore um, if necessary yeah and come back quickly okay all right let's move on to our last item here on the international news review which is Boris Johnson likely to win uh, his uh, his place or maintain his place as prime minister uh, this coming week in the elections. The the folks in the northern part of the country are pleased with his apparent uh, what they think is his ability to get Brexit done. That's a very interesting uh, situation to analyze as well. Uh, I was reading some reports that were saying one of the reasons for optimism that uh, Bojo is going to 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 win uh, is also because of how Brexit 
the two camps or the two opposing sides over Brexit are likely to vote. Mm. So the the levers are likely to throw their weight quite solidly behind uh, the Conservative Party because of Boris Johnson's declaration that, you know, I'm going to get Brexit done. <laughs> the Remainers are then split among a few different parties who all have different approaches to uh, Remain. So, for example, Labour has a, has a certain approach. Um, they're talking about renegotiating a Brexit deal and then putting forward a second referendum to, to solicit public support. The Lib Dems are talking about stay, remain at all costs. So there are <laughs> different scales of remain. And so, so yeah. you have your remain camp that's going to be split among different parties and then the levers solidly behind the Conservatives. So that's one of the reasons why that's likely to, uh, to work in Boris Johnson's favour. Of course, then you have the white working class vote. They typically would have been a Labour, uh, mm. leaning more towards the left. But Brexit has a lot of appeal, at least in the public messaging, for the working class. Uh, in terms of protecting the interests, in terms of, of addressing some of this issue of, of uh, foreigners coming in to, to take jobs and things like that. So that narrative makes them appeal, uh, then makes it more appealing for them to look to Boris Johnson, to the Conservatives and, and to the to the Brexit, weren't, Brexiteers. Weren't a lot of those uh, benefits, let's put them in quotes, for the working class, haven't many of those been debunked now over the course of the past, let's say, two years since Brexit came in? You know, all the all the great promises that Nigel Farage and others made about the National Health Service and this uh, pretty much, uh, you know, almost all of them have been have been debunked in some way. They have. But I think uh, I was just talking to some friends who came back from the UK. While you may have debunked it intellectually, I think the the very emotive nature of of this debate plus the almost incessant featuring of Brexit mm. in the media has led to a very interesting phenomenon where people are a little bit turned off. So uh, I was hearing some anecdotal evidence or, or, or accounts that people say, I don't, if it's about Brexit in the, in, in the TV or in the newspaper, I don't read it anymore because it's, it's just been going on for too long. Uh, in such cases, people then tend to vote a little bit more emotively and yeah. more emotionally. Believe what they want to believe. Exactly. Yeah. So when you talk about debunking it, yeah, they may, I'm not sure how, how effective that has been. I think intellectually it's been done, but in terms of, of how it's going to affect votes, that's not entirely clear at the moment wow. as well. Crazy week coming up, uh, both in uh, North America and in uh, in the UK as well. Nicholas Fang, thanks so much for joining us today. Good wow, to be here. great stuff to cover and uh, managing director Black Dot Director Security of Global Affairs and at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Thanks for coming on today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.